This is the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast, your source for the strategies, systems, and insights you need to turn your dreams into your destiny. Every week, we dive into dynamic conversations as our host, Nicole Greer, interviews leadership and business experts. They're here to shed light on practical solutions to the challenges of personal and professional development. Now, here's your host, a professional speaker, coach, and consultant, Nicole Greer. Hey, everybody. It's Nicole Greer, the Vibrant Coach, and I am here to talk about how to build a vibrant culture. And in this little series I'm doing called the Build a Vibrant Culture Coaching Toolbox, I am giving you all the goodies that I share when I travel and work with teams. There is a huge need uh, for building a vibrant culture. They say that employee engagement is at all-time lows, and I think we're coming about it the wrong way. I think what we need to do is get people lit from within. We need to help them shine. So last time I got with you, last episode, I talked about uh, four different hats that leaders wear. One is they need to put their leadership hat on. They've got to have an articulated vision that is exciting that people want to get behind. Here's what I know. This is true. People want to be part of something bigger than themselves. They want to be part of a winning team. So I think this is so important that we we must a vision and empower people, develop them and give them the skills to make something fantastic happen. So you have to have your leadership hat. Well, the next hat you have to have is your managing hat. So you've got to put processes in place, what I like to call strategy systems and smarts in order to make that vision manifest. So we cast the vision first. Second thing we do is we start putting processes in place, things that we think will predictably make positive results, make positive outcomes. One third hat we have to have on is our mentoring hat. And our mentoring hat is, is the hat that teaches, explains, shares wisdom, uh, helps people connect the dots in their mind. We're going to say, here's what you understand. Here's what you need to understand. And here's all this stuff in between. So that's mentoring. Uh, and then finally, the fourth hat, which, you know, I'm shamelessly in love with the idea of coaching. If left to our own resources and our own way of moving in the world, we will let life unfold. And what we, what we need to do is we need to have somebody come into our life and challenge us to become all that we can become. And so here's the truth about Nicole Greer. Nicole Greer, you know, if she doesn't have anything to do today, nobody's challenged her to get up and get on with life. I'll start cooking in the kitchen. I'll piddle around with the laundry. I'll take the dog for a walk. And all of those things need to be done. And all of the, those things are fantastic on what I like to call an off day. But I've got so much potential. So I've got to get with a coach. And here's the thing. I have a coach. And I also have a mentor and both of these people are constantly asking me, what are you going to do with your life? And you might be thinking, isn't your, how far along are you, Nicole? Well, 58 years into this thing, you know, here's the thing. I could live for another 30 years, right? I could live to be 88. And, um, you know, I tell you, I am, uh, in my yoga certification, I am almost there. And so like, I'm going to be on the mat all the time. And so that's going to keep this girl healthy. So I might be here for another 30 years. And that's something we really need to understand. And in the next episode, I'm going to talk about some models that help you get your head in the game <laughs> about how life works. So uh, today I want to talk about my shine coaching methodology. So here's the deal. I believe that leaders, managers, individuals we have to have a philosophy 
right? So go look up the word philosophy. It's basically like, how do I believe and think about this world? And, you know, we have so many things that come into our minds, so many things that come into our day that are telling us kind of how to think or what to consider important. And you really need to become a philosopher, meaning that you need to step back and say to yourself, what do I believe about how to live the most vibrant life? What do I believe about uh, leading people, coaching people, managing people? And what am I doing to support that belief system? Okay. So I had a wonderful call about a week ago with a senior leader up in Michigan, and uh, we were calling it the PP, the people philosophy. So this gentleman has a great philosophy about life. I can tell just by the things that he sprinkled in. He's got these cute kiddos and he's going to church and he's doing the stuff and, and he's running a business. And I can tell he cares about his employees. But every once in a while, I was like, here is a PP. Here's a piece of your people philosophy. So here's how I want you to think about your people, because the way I think about my people is going to tell me how I feel about my people and how I treat my people, right? So we have to have this wonderful people philosophy in place, uh, which is part of our greater philosophy. So I'm going to work at a very high level. I'm going to work on the level of how do you want to think about your own life and how do you want to think about how you can help others, your employees, your peers, the people on your team live their most vibrant life. Because again, here's my overall arching philosophy on business is that if the individuals within the organization are lit from within, meaning that they are happy and excited about the work we're doing, they're going to do good work and we're going to achieve some cool goals and everybody's going to win because If you have a great people philosophy, you're going to make money in your company, and then you're going to empower your people and you're going to reward them for the good work that they've done, right? You can't can't do it without the people. So that is really, really important. So today I'm going to talk about my coaching methodology and it is shine, which I know is no surprise to you. Everything I'm doing is about light, shedding light, um, because, because here's the, here's the truth of the matter. Uh, People come into a space move in a way in the world where they're either shedding light or they are making it dark wherever they go. And and I have been saying this for many years and somebody sent me this little funny thing and here it is. It says, well, aren't you a little ray of pitch black? What this means is that like when you walk in the room, it goes dark. Everybody's like, they're here. They're on this project. Oh no, this is going to be terrible. And it's because you have a reputation of being, you know, like gray matter, but not this gray matter, gray matter sitting there in a lump, not getting anything done. And so you get a choice. You, you totally get a choice. We're gonna talk about choices today. So in, in my philosophy about uh, being an amazing human, you need to shine. And so there are five parts to my shine coaching methodology. So I'm gonna go down here. I'm gonna share my screen. I only have one slide today and then two, two kind of different, um, handouts that I'm going to give to you. So here is the first thing that I'm going to share with you. And this is my shine coaching methodology. All right. So I believe the first thing that all of us need to do is sit in a chair quietly with nobody around to interrupt us, no music, no podcasts. I know you're listening to one right now, no anything. And you sit in the silence. Okay. That's when you can hear yourself and you can hear 
the spirit inside of you. <laughs> Dare I say that? So you do self-assessment. Now, there are so many things that you can self-assess. So many, 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 many things. And I'm going to show you a model in an upcoming episode called uh, Humans 101. But assessment is like turning the mirror inward. It's taking a good look at what is it like to experience me? And I think this is huge because a lot, you know, and I ask this every time I get a new coaching client and I have a first coaching session, the first question I ask them always is what is it like to experience you? And a lot of people are like stunned by this question because they're like, I've never really thought about that before. And it's like, well, you know, here's the thing. Physics are at work in the world. When I walk in the room, there's a reaction to that action. That's that's physics, right? And we have control over how we enter the room, how we play, how we interact, how we show up. And so self-assessment it is really big deal. Now, the number one thing that is kind of out there in the corporate world is this idea of figuring out what your personality is. And, you know, I totally believe in that. And so uh, in future episodes of Build a Vibrant Culture podcast, I'm going to talk about all the personality assessments there are. <laughs> well, not all of them because there's a bazillion, but I'm going to talk about the ones that I'm certified in and I have the right to talk about because I've been using them a long time. And then I'll sprinkle in some others I'm not certified in, but I've taken those assessments. I find them to be helpful get certified so many things and I you know I use or I call in one of my colleagues that's been certified in that assessment so the self-assessment piece is really really huge and the thing I think that is the most important thing is to understand that core little personality so let's talk about personality for a hot second so when you popped on the planet and whoever was there to greet you mama was there right and whoever else was with mama she took a look at you and she thought that you were awesome. That That's the vast majority of our stories. I know some of you have some terrible stories and I, I am sorry. Um, but usually the nurse, the doctor, somebody was like, look at this baby. It's amazing. Because we're all in awe of a fresh life, right? <laughs> and so that baby pops on the planet, right? And then it it grows up. And as it's growing up, it shapes and it forms and there's all sorts of things going on developmentally, but really that, that little personality is baked in there. And I know that that little personality is baked in there because I have a sibling and we both came from the same father and mother and we're very different. Uh, I have two children, gave birth to two, and those two are very, very different. Same rules, same husband, same house, same habits, same things you got to do on Wednesdays and Sundays and Friday nights. And they all turned out different. And so this little hard wiring is in there and that's personality. Now, around your little personality, the parents, the grandmas, the tias, uh, the aunties, whoever is in your life is trying to shape and form your behavior, and your little personality. And that's really what we call character work. And that falls down underneath here where it says integrity work. Do y'all see where it says integrity work? That's the third letter in shine, integrity work. So there's, there's this thing of building character. But first thing we want to do is get a baseline assessment of what it is like to experience us. 
And so we need to do a personality assessment. Now, if you would like to take uh, the Strengths Finder, the Path Element Profile, the ALP, the Strengths Finders, the Tilt, the Myers Briggs, I I have all of those in my toolbox. So let's get you self-assessed. Let's pick one of those. And really, when I work with clients, I like to do several so they can look in different mirrors. You know, you've ever been to the circus before, you know, you can look in this mirror and you look skinny and you look in that mirror and you look wide and you look in that mirror and you look weird. So we look in all the different little mirrors. So again, self-assessment is where you sit down and you think to yourself, what is it like to experience me? Now, this is for you as the leader, but then do do not miss this. You're going to use this coaching methodology with every person that works for you. Every single person that works for you, you're going to give them a self-assessment. You're going to encourage them to self-assess. How are you doing at your job? What is it like to experience you? What are the goals that are possible for you in your position? What are the obstacles you need to remove to move forward? See, these are all powerful questions, which we're going to cover in a future episode, that allow people to self-assess. Okay, the second thing is habit work. And so habit work is, again, essential, so important. So here I have this little personality and there's usually some habits I need to put in place (laughs) with regard to my personality that shore up my personality and make me more user-friendly, more of a ray of light than a little ray of pitch black. So I want uh, to work on my habits. Now, there are other habits uh, that aren't related to my personality and we're gonna talk about habit work in depth. But one one of the habits I think is so important is to like keep your email inbox up to date. This is a huge one. I go so many places and they tell me, well, he doesn't return his emails. And I'm like, like, how can you work somewhere and not return your emails? Some leader needs to go talk to this person and say, that's part of your job. So you have to have the habit of going through your emails every day. You need to have the habit of keeping your calendar up to date. You need to have the habit of, oh, here's one that blows my mind is returning phone calls and setting up your voicemail. I do tons of recruiting. So people are looking for positions. And then I call it, it says, the voicemail on this phone line is not set up. And I'm like, what? So just kind of getting your ducks in a row so that people can connect with you. Because again, communication is huge, 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 huge in business. You know, like here's the thing about uh, being vibrant and shining and being lit from within is what we're trying to do is, you know, I'm lit and now I want to light the guy next to me on fire. I want to pass this light along, right? So can you think about like the Olympics, the guys running or the gals running with the torch, right? So we're keeping this flame alive and we're going to take it from Greece to wherever we are. We're going to set the Olympic flame on fire. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. So you have to have great habits. So here's my philosophy, back to philosophy, on habits is that if you develop a good habit, a bad habit will go out the door. So a lot of times we're focused on you know fixing bad habits, but what we really need to do is put a good habit in place and really the bad habits will walk out the back door. So that is habit work, all right? The third thing I want you to think about when you're coaching people, coaching yourself and coaching others, is integrity work. Now, if you go back just a hot second, we were talking about self-assessment and I was saying one of the most important self-assessments that I think you need to do is personality. Then 
we learned that. And then the third, uh, the third letter I is integrity work. Let's talk about integrity for a hot second. So integrity is a tough subject for people because first of all, they think they have it. And, and integrity is so huge. I can't tell you how huge it is. It, it is the ability to stay whole. I mean, you know, the word integrity has the same kind of beginning as integer, like a whole number, right? Do y'all remember that from math class? And the reality is, is it's very hard to stay whole. And what we want to do is we want to, so integrity is about being whole. It is about being without anything less or without anything extra, so it is, it is about being whole. And I, you know, I, I have lived 58, 58 years, we mentioned that earlier and have a, a challenge every day to stay whole. It is easy to be less than my potential. And it is very easy for me to be too much in, in my life. You know, my personality, people have said, that's, that's a lot of Nicole. <laughs> and so it's this thing of trying to stay in the sweet spot, not too much of Nicole and not enough of Nicole. It is just the right amount. So integrity work, I like to look at it as being self-managed, right? So can you manage yourself? Can you take a really good look in the mirror from the self-assessment piece? Can you put some habits in work in place, habit work in place that help you shore yourself up so you can be more whole, the I, integrity? So, you know, if I had a whole audience full of people, um, and I have never done this, but, you know, I've had a whole audience of people, but I've never asked people this question, but I have thought, I wonder what would happen, right? So if I asked an entire audience full of people, are you men and women of integrity? What do you think would happen? I think all the hands in the whole place would go up. Nobody wants to say they're out of integrity. And really that's like a little bit of an ego problem because it's like, you know, it depends on your state, right? So maybe you've listened to Tony Robbins. If you've never done that, you need to Google him up. But um, maybe you've listened to Tony Robbins and he talks about, you have to get in state. You have to get in state. And really what he's talking about is like, you've got to get yourself whole. You know, because he's talking about bring yourself to the party, and I am too. Um, but he's saying you've got to get yourself mentally prepared and ramped up so that you can go do the work that you're meant to do in this life. And and that's integrity work. Now, how do I do that? So you can do that through a lot of different exercises, but I'm going to tell you integrity work foundationally, in my mind, is all about developing character. And so there is a, a tool I use. It's part of self-assessment and then also part of integrity work. And it's called the True Tilt Profile. Uh, so I have those in my toolbox. If you're interested interested in taking that, reach out to me. But that thing about character and the True Tilt Profile is it, it gives you your little personality type, but then it tells you these are the character traits that are, can be overdone by you. And these are the character traits that you need to work on, that you probably need to build based on your little personality. So it is a wonder, wonderful formulation. Um, there's a woman named Pam Boney. She put it together. She's a genius. Um, and I've been a reseller of her product for, I don't know, 10 years or something or longer. 
And uh, I have been doing this tilt, true tilt profile with uh, people for a very long time. Now, I will send you, if you just email me, Nicole at VibrantCulture.com, I'll send you the true tilt factors worksheet, okay? This is a list, and um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually pull it up for you and show it to you while I talk about it. And it's the tree tilt factor sheet. All right, so I got it pulled up. All right, so here is the tree tilt uh, factor sheet. And this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about integrity work is that, again, we have this little personality. It's in us when we pop on the planet. But then around that little personality, character traits begin to develop. Uh, we usually need a coach. And please don't miss that. I, you know, you need a coach. Your parents are typically your first coach or your grandma, your abuela, your tia, your whoever, and they help you form and shape your little personality, right? So here is the true tilt factors sheet. And again, I'll send this to you if you want it, but there are um, 48 commendable traits. Now notice down the middle, all these beautiful traits. So we have logical, objective, rational, realistic, purposeful, and the list goes on. Now, remember the part where I said we want to stay whole. We want to stay just the right amount of ourselves. We don't want to have anything missing and we don't want to have any extra. So if you look over to the right, you'll see that there are overused traits. So some of us have a very strong, notice over here, uh, use of wisdom. We are very much head thinkers, logical. We use facts and judgment. You know, we have, we're good at perspective. We're good at focus. We're good at diligence. But if this is too much of a good thing, look at how this person shows up. Robotic, scrutinizing, skeptical, paranoid. It's a whole thing. Now, if somebody does not use wisdom in their thinking and they're not using their head, has anybody ever told you? Use your head. So, I mean, it's a thing. And you're not using facts. You're not using judgment. You could show up. What is it like to experience you? Illogical, subjective, irrational, unrealistic, on and on. So when I talk about integrity, it's not just, you know, like 10 commandments stuff, although that is very, very important. I mean, you know, thou shalt not kill and covet and all the things, you know, we don't want to do any of that. Um, and you probably aren't, but there are little things that we do that make it not user-friendly to use us, uh, makes us a little ray of pitch black. It makes us people cringe when we walk in the room. And so we've got to really pay attention, okay? So I'm going to tell you one, one little story about this that I think is really important, all right? So uh, I was asked to coach a gentleman, and uh, his name was Bill. And uh, Bill came to, Bill was given to me by the HR director and said, Bill has a lot of talent. In fact, he is our number one salesperson. And I'm thinking, oh, awesome. I get to make Bill even better. But here was the truth of the matter. Bill was a great salesperson, but when he came back to the home office, um, kind of a jerk and was making a lot of people upset. He was breaking rules. He felt entitled. He was not speaking kindly to people. It was crazy. So here's the thing. Bill, who is a salesperson, runs very, very strong in courage and gut. Okay. Doesn't that make a lot of sense? You'd be a great salesperson if you could just get in the car and go out there and sell stuff to people all day. And he takes action. He's out there rocking and rolling. He's doing his thing. I'm not sure he understood the justice part of his courage, but uh, he was overdone. 
he was self-assured, which is what you definitely want in a salesperson. Do you want an insecure salesperson? No. Do you want a self-assured one? Yes. But do you want an arrogant one? Everybody say no. So arrogant, dismissive, defensive, aggressive, reckless. These were kind of the, the place that he was living. So, you know, on the surface, Bill is an okay guy in that he's raising a couple kiddos. He's working. He's showing up for work. But it's just a little too much of Bill. And, and so he's creating a toxic little dark cloud everywhere he goes inside the organization. Are y'all picking up what I'm laying down right here? So he has to pull it back. So he is out of integrity. It's too much of a good thing. And so we could talk for about 12 hours about this tilt factor sheet. And I'm glad to do that with you and with your teams, but we've got to think about this for ourselves. So if you want this little sheet, I use it like mad while I'm coaching because I'm trying to help people see what it is like to experience them and when they kind of tilt in and out of integrity. So integrity is being whole, being in the sweet spot. And that is so important. All right. So the next thing in our coaching methodology is uh, in the shine coaching methodology is next right step work. Okay. So next right step work is you know, a little bit like goal setting. And I know, you know, if you're watching YouTube and you're still listening to me now, number one, you're an all-star in my book, but here's the thing. Next right step work is a little bit different from goal setting. Now I want you to set goals. That's really part of integrity work is setting goals, right? Everybody should have some written down actionable goals that make your life better. Next right step work though, is getting on with it. It's kind of like, um, not being a procrastinator. And I find that when people set really huge goals, which is part of integrity work, well, gosh, how do I even get started? How do I even do this? Especially like I, I work with a lot of people who are changing their career. And when they think about, oh my gosh, I've been an accountant for all these years and now I want to be a coach. Or I've been in the credit union business my whole life and now I want to be a decorator. I mean, like I, it's all, all out there and you should definitely do where your heart is leading you. And so setting goals is great and we set them, but they're often huge. And so what you need is one next right step. Just one thing you could get done today or by the weekend or by next Friday that helps you move towards your goal. Because here's the truth about next right steps and articulating the next right step, not just the big goal, but here's what I'm doing next. And then get that done. Here's what I'm doing next. That's when we get that done. Here's what I'm gonna do next. So it puts you into motion very, very quickly if you're doing next right step work. And here is the truth about stepping into situations, stepping into your future, is that the more you step into your future, the brighter it becomes. People say, oh, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, that is a thing. I mean, you know, at one point when I was like in my forties, I decided I was going to finally get my college degree done finally. And I was really intimidated by the whole thing. I had just heard so many people talk about how much it costs to go to school and how many papers they had to write and all of this stuff. And then of course, if you're in your forties, you think you're too old and you're so young in your forties. If you're in your forties, you're so young. And so I was like, what am I going to do? So it was like my next right step, I'm going to call colleges. That's what I'm going to do. And then once I called them, they were really nice. They wanted me. 
like, you want me? They're like, we want you. And then they're like, come visit us. And I was like, okay, that was my next right step. And then they're like, take one class. I was like, I just take one. And they're like, yeah, you can just take one. I was like, I'll take one. And then like, I showed up for class. I got an A. I'm on with it, man. And so got that college degree done. And it's the, it's the, it's the same with everything else in life. Just take one baby step and then the light comes on and there's more clarity. So, you know, light, vibrancy, shining, it's all the same thing. So we got to do next right steps work, next right step work, all right? Then finally, there is this thing of energy. And I think energy is absolutely huge um, because you can't get all this stuff done unless you've got some energy in your body. So energy work is extraordinarily important. And so I'm going to teach you the six energies right now. And so if you think of yourself, I have six energies, you absolutely have six energies. Um, you know, people talking about, I don't have any energy and slays me when I hear it because you've got six you can pull on, right? So, so everybody write this down. The first energy that you have, and I'm going to stop sharing my screen uh, right now. Okay. So there's six energies. And the first energy is uh, intellectual energy. So it's this energy up here. What do I know or what do I need to learn in order to move myself forward in my career, in my job, in my relationships, in my home, whatever, uh, in my pottery work, <laughs> whatever it is, you, you need to learn. So I find that sometimes people are so stuck. In fact, you know, a lot of people who call coaches are like, I'm stuck. And here's why they're stuck is because they're not activating their six energies. So the first thing we need to do with our, our intellectual energy is, is try to be curious. What could I learn about this? And so I'll go back to my example of being a college graduate, um, yay, is that I had to get curious about how does it work? What are the classes I need to take? Where could I go? How could my schedule work? See, I had to start asking myself all these questions instead of living in this nebulous, I don't know place. You know, another example is a lot of times people are like, well, you know, I want to find a better job, but I don't know what's out there. Well, you need to get curious. Just simply be curious. I wonder what is out there. So you got to get on the Google and go to Indeed and you got to go to Glassdoor and just poke around and click on things and read things and see what's out there. And then look at what's out there. And then pick one next right step. So see, we're going back to next right steps. And and then of course, there's self-assessment wrapped up in there. Do you see that too? It's like, is this for me? Do I like this? Is this a job? It would be fun for me, you know? And then this habit work of, I'm going to, I'm going to poke around on the internet around jobs, you know, uh, three times a week or one time a week for 15 minutes. Just, you've got to set a little goal, put a little habit, put it on your calendar and then get an integrity, have the discipline to do it. All right, I digress, but do you see how this thing is working? All right, so there's intellectual energy. The next energy we have is emotional energy. And emotional energy is huge because have you ever said this? I don't feel like it. There you go. So uh, sometimes you have to get yourself, as I said earlier, my friend, we can be friends, Tony. Tony Robert, Tony Robbins, <laughs> he says you got to get in the state. So uh, one of the habits, there it is again, the H in the Shine Coaching Methodology, 
is that I start my day with really positive stuff to mentally get myself in the game. So I read great stuff. I sit and I be quiet. I make a list of things to do that I know are achievable, that will challenge me, that will move me towards my goals. I get psyched up, psyched up, right? So my brain gets activated. I start getting curious and making stuff happen, right? So the heart will trigger the brain, right? So we have emotional energy and you need to surround yourself with some great people who also will encourage you and help you get done what you need to get done. All right. The next energy that we have is we have spiritual energy and I'm pointing at my soul down here, my solar plexus, whatever you want to call it. And here's the thing we do. We are, we are spirit animals, right? I don't know if, if you know about spirit animals, reach out to me, but spirited, meaning that we, we have this, this, it's hard to understand this energy inside of us that lifts us up. We hear the right song. We hear the right story. We are around the right people. We're just like lifted from within. Some people call it the Holy Spirit. And it's just this special connection with like the creator, right? That gets turned on. Uh, and that's another thing. When you are doing uh, integrity work, what turns you on? What lights your fire? You know, that is like what I call mission and purpose. So whatever you're doing, connect it to your mission and purpose. Oh, we could talk about that. All right. So that is your spiritual energy. The next energy is physical energy. Physical energy is so important. Did I mention I'm getting yoga certified? I'm almost at the end. I know I already mentioned, but it's really important. At my age, I got to get these joints moving and grooving and all this kind of stuff. So I've been doing the ta-da asana, <laughs> tadasana, and all the things. I have been doing all of those and uh, loving it. And uh, when you have physical energy, you can get a lot done. Just going to the grocery store and unloading the car, cleaning the house, working in the yard, doing all those things, getting your suitcase, your briefcase, your purse, all your stuff on a plane to go visit a Society for Human Resource Management uh, meeting. Well, this takes physical energy and you don't have physical energy. You're worn out physically. This stops working, this stops working, and this stops working. So that's physical energy. So do some sit-ups and have a smoothie. Next energy that we want to talk about is social energy. And the truth of the matter is, is you cannot do this life alone. You need friends. You need your colleagues. You cannot tell me, I don't care what other people think. You cannot tell me that. Because you're going to be lonely, you're not going to get a lot of help, and it's going to be miserable. So you got to work on your social energy. So you need to enroll people in what you're doing. You need to share what the vision is. You need to tell them what you're trying to do. You got to get people to support you, hold you accountable, give you feedback. We're going to talk about all that in upcoming episodes. And then the final energy is financial energy. And financial energy is this big. It is so important in this life because here's what I know. I need a roof over my head. I need the lights on. I need a laptop that I can use for my business. And all of this costs money. And you've got to have your money under control. And if you don't have your money, you might be thinking, what does this have to do with coaching and whatever? If you don't have your money in place and you're worried about the light bills, it is very hard for your mental, your mental energy to be in place, right? Your intellectual energy, it, it's it's playing a, it's playing havoc on your emotions. I promise, it is slaying your spirit that you're all upside down in your money. It then all that is uh, making cortisol come out of your glands and float around in your body. You're marinating in bad stuff. 
it, it's no good. So please go Google Dave Ramsey and do his program. There's He's got podcasts. He's got books. It's at the library. Go do the Dave Ramsey thing. So those are all the energies. So intellectual, emotional, spiritual, physical, social. I'm looking out at my people. And then financial, hitting my wallet in my back pocket. So six energies that you got to pay attention to. Now, let's wrap it up with this. This is for you personally. So leaders have to go first, right? They have to live a vibrant life. They have to be vibrant. So they will attract people. Light, vibrancy attracts. If you're wondering, I can't find anybody to work with me. You got to be vibrant. <laughs> people are drawn to you and they want to work with you because you're amazing. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that once you get your own act together, then you're going to help all the people that work for you get their act together through leadership, managing, coaching, and mentoring. The four hats that was on the previous episode. So wouldn't it be wonderful to be surrounded again, social energy by people that were lit from within who were making a vibrant culture. So Let's talk about this. Give me a call. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you have questions, comments, uh, I'd love to see them below. Uh, if you thought this was great, if you give us a little rating, I'd be grateful forever. Thanks so much. This is Nicole Greer. They call me the Vibrant Coach, and I can help you build a vibrant culture. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more like-minded listeners. Remember, the journey to building a vibrant culture never stops. Stay inspired, keep nurturing your vibrant culture, and we can't wait to reconnect with you on the next exciting episode of Build a Vibrant Culture podcast.